despite what the cytology look like, is there anything else you think we should be doing for her vag? <laughs> this is Vag Talk with Dr. Lisa and Dr. <laughs> Ashley. Yeah, thank you. We're talking vag. Yeah. Hello! Hi! Welcome to We Do Not Deserve Dogs. We really don't. I'm Dr. Lee Slipman. Would that be catchy if it was We Do Not Deserve Dogs? Yeah. No contractions. We don't. No. Yeah. <laughs> we don't deserve dogs. This is Richie Redding. That's my, my wonderful other half, mm-hmm. Dr. Lisa. Glad you made it today, Thank babe. You. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> our guest is a badass, super smart veterinarian. She's a mom. She's a podcast host. She's known as the Derm Vet. It's Dr. Ashley Bourgeois. That's one of the best intros I've ever had. They never introduced me that way at conferences. <laughs> it's kind of a mother effing professional. <laughs> you are a board certified veterinary dermatologist. So for people who don't know, Dr. Ashley has gone to veterinary school, did an internship, and then an extra three years of residency special training and passed all these fancy tests. So you're in grade 23. Million. 23 million. Yeah. Yeah. So when I, I met my husband the first year of my residency when I was practicing in California and I, our first date, I said, just so you know, I'm a long-term investment. (laughs) (laughs) I was just honest. It's like, you know, residency, you're like not making much and you're studying all the time. It's like, I'm a long-term investment. (laughs) Like we go out to dinner. If I'm paying, it's going to have to be taco Tuesday. (laughs) Like just understand that I still have a ways to go. I'm a fan of being honest up front. And uh, also, yeah, like you spilled something on me as soon as we met. (laughs) Yeah. So Richie is sober (laughs) and we went to a bar and I was like, I'm not going to drink. Like, you're not drinking. He was like, don't make it awkward. Like, just get a drink. It's fine. I got a drink. The second we sat down, I spilled it all over his lap. Total Um, quagmire move. Like, I mean, it was like, oh, look at that. Oh, I'm so clumsy. We got to get these pants off you. Well, I want to get cooking here because uh, you're, you're a good follow. I, mm-hmm. I, I will give you that. It's a, it's a solid, very informative follow. There's quite a mixture of cuteness and information. And oh my God, what's that? Uh, <laughs> it, <laughs> I I joke with people that if you scroll through my photos, because I'm I have two toddlers, so it's if you scroll through my photos, it's cute kid, cute kid, nasty dog skin, cute kid. <laughs> What is that cat's ear doing? Like, <laughs> right. yeah, it's 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 a trip. Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a emotional roller coaster, I would say. Um, <laughs> so the before and after pics on your Instagram are super mm-hmm. impressive, and there was one black dog that had a topic dermatitis, and <laughs> the after is like you'd never know. So my question 
is topic topic or topical? A topic. A, oh, a, a oh topic. he didn't have a topic dermatitis. You, Look, I just <laughs> I, I just transcribed. Right, it just it. came off weird. <laughs> I was say I'm impressed. I would you. have to like yeah. quote that. Mm-hmm. So, is atopic dermatitis? Is it like the head and neck zits that morbidly obese people get? No, so atopic dermatitis. So people actually do get it. Um, it's it's. I hate explaining it like eczema because if you get nerdy about it, it's a bit different. But kind of, it's it's sensitization to things in the environment that can cause you to get red, itchy, infected skin. So people, we usually see like respiratory signs with allergies, but you can get atopic dermatitis um, in humans. In dogs and cats, that's predominantly how they show us their environmental allergies. So they're actually quite a bit different. I actually, this is something that I actually really would love to go over with you because I get that a lot where people are like, oh, like his eyes are red or like he's coughing or sneezing. And I'm like, that's not how allergies show up. But is it ever like, am I wrong? I mean, maybe possibly a little. So they can, it's not predominant though. So like, I think some of the literature shows like conjunctivitis, like we get cases sends us because they presented to them, but I would say it's not that common for that to be the only symptom. Now cats, they can get asthmatic signs. They're a bit different. Cats, cats like to write their own story. Like they like to make things up. For sure. Right. And the conjunct, because most, I think that most conjunctivitis that dogs get is allergic um, conjunctivitis. I think that's the predominant where like we get pink eye and get like bacterial infections and stuff, I think. What are those? things caught on the back of fat people's necks. I'm not a human dermatologist. <laughs> Come on. I don't know. You don't, know. you don't have an idea? <laughs> no. I had to learn some human stuff, but I remember some of the human training had to do like just for comparative purposes. Mm-hmm. I was people are gross. Like I prefer, I hate when a client's like, what is this? I'm like, first of all, I don't know. Second of all, you. So, <laughs> So you're saying that, like, in bulldog class, they weren't, like, th- these the same things in these bulldog wrinkles are what's in that 500-pound guy's neck. That cla- that never came up. They're not not directly. We There's definitely, like, secondary infection we see with, like, frictional, like, folds, you know, fold dermatitis. But I I am very thankful that is not how they taught me comparative uh, human dermatology. Hmm. I'm just trying to see if your school kept it real, all right? I'm, I'm, I'm doing a deep Again, dive. Yeah. veterinary school is different than human <laughs> medical school. We'll see, doctor. We'll see. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. I would bet on so, it. So <laughs> uh, another way of uh, – because just just trying to get our uh, our listeners up to 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 snuff on what we're dealing with and what your page is like um i have it on good authority that you have what appears to me to be a borderline fetish for pustules especially if they're intact <laughs> that's one way to put it can you confirm yeah that's fair. <laughs> yeah i mean so and it was also really funny to me that you had this like super zoomed in thing of just a, oh just uh, oh, like just a uh, <laughs> horrible <laughs> looking pustule that, that you're like, you know, who doesn't love these? And like all these other doctors, all women right. were like, oh, F, yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, can, can we discuss? Yeah. Well, so because it's dog pustule. So the feeling you just got looking at that picture is how I would feel seeing probably like human <laughs> skin disease that looked like that. She's not going to let you live this down, by the way. Is that fair, Lisa? Like, oh, yeah. yeah. Super cool in a dog. Oh, yeah. Like in a human, there's a reason I'm not a, an MD. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I wouldn't be psyched if I saw a, a big ass human pustule. <laughs> why, why is it in particular that 
you you like seeing those is it does it tell you a story like yeah I think for me one is because then I can um get really good diagnostic testing done like if I have an intact pustule you know I'm going to get a my cytology which is taking a slide and actually breaking open the pustule and sampling it and then evaluating <laughs> it under the microscope um or I might biopsy it it could be pemphigus it could be staph pyoderma like there's just so many possibilities. Uh, when I go to sample something, my technicians like know if there's a pustule or, or a really good crusty spot not to touch it because dermatologists get very obsessive about their sampling. And so we get really defensive of those lesions before we can actually take samples. Is that like when me and my sister always wanted to be the one that got to pop the packaging bubbles? <laughs> hey, exactly. And I have an almost, they're going to, my son literally turns two tomorrow. So two and four year old almost, both of them. And that is like, they could go to battle over the bubble popping on those packaging. Yeah. Like you and a pustule. So, so I'm, I'm yeah. right on track. I'm yeah. mentally right there with your two to four year old. Yeah. Good. <laughs> All right, this is on track. Is it super gnarly when you pop? Like, do they like pop, pop, or do you just like pierce it and it kind of slowly comes out? And are you regretting this podcast yet? I'm not regretting the podcast yet. <laughs> I love your enthusiasm. I depend. So I would say like a pustule is usually a little lackluster when you actually pop it because they're pretty small. When you get the really good um, popping, that's when you have like those abscesses that you can drain and slice into. So that would probably oh. be more like your, you know, when people think of like pimple popper, like abscesses are going to probably be a bit more impressive with that. Is there? So <laughs> I do not vet these questions, by the way. Ash, no, no, no. Ash. Look, I would have a whole different set of questions look, for you. But I, I, I think I was very clear before good. we started this podcast that it is very much okay. like getting interviewed by a 12 to 14 right, year old. Okay. And I am, I'm holding up my side of the bargain, <laughs> if okay. not two to four. Is there a period in a dog's life when they are prone to skin issues? like teenagers get? Not, I mean, there's such a vast array of diseases that can happen. It can really be any time. So especially, I mean, allergies, they they can pop up whenever they want. Like sometimes there are certain ages where we tend to see allergies happen more, especially environmental allergies. I'd say, you know, one, two, three years of age is really common for it to start, but there's various, I mean, I deal with skin cancer. Like there's lots of things that can pop up later in life too. So if you're looking at allergies, I'd probably say like younger, like that one, two, three years of age range is pretty common for them to start doing things like licking their paws, but skin can be involved really at any point of their life. And what would you say, because I get this all the time and I have my answer, so I'll just see if I'm right. But what would you say people all the time, especially when it happens later, right? Like two, three years old, everyone's like, but he's eaten this food his whole life or yeah. he's, but but he's never had this problem before. Like, well, that's how problems happen, but they just pop up overnight. But I will let you, because this is such a common common question I get asked from people. Yeah, I totally agree. It's all about sensitization. So usually it's not your react just because you first had it. It's your body over time. Same with people. You hear about people where all of a sudden they're 40 right. and they go into anaphylaxis at the seafood restaurant because all of a sudden they're shellfish allergic. Sometimes your body just starts developing antibodies over time and then it starts being reactive. So, you know, it's, we actually see things like food allergies almost have this bimodal distribution where it's either like they're really, really young when it happens, 
or like all of a sudden they've had no issues their entire life and now they're eight and they've decided to be chicken allergic. Right. And that's not always true, mm-hmm. but we can see patterns like that. I think yeah. Richie's tuning out when we like go into the scientific <laughs> veterinary stuff. Are you here? Did you catch that? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm of, married to an engineer. Nah. I'm used to it. What kind of tacos are we going to Good question here. Is there a specific name for the black lettuce fat around Chloe's lips? I'm gonna have to see a picture. He's but, talking about their it, it, her commit her commissures. Like oh, commissure. Yeah, the, her lip fat. probably lip commissure. Lip fold. Yeah, commissures. He's talking about like the black. You called it black lettuce. Like it's, it's black fat. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what black lettuce is. It's black fat E-coli? lettuce. Yeah. And you were actually talking about lips. I thought you were going somewhere else. So, okay. (laughs) No, what is the purpose of that skin? (laughs) Protection. Is it, you gotta, is it like, t- is it extra tough skin or something? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of friction that happens, right? Because like, you know, dogs, they do like the way their anatomy is like their top lips tend to kind of fold over their canines can rub on that area of the skin. So just like us developing a callus, you can have certain areas. Um, so for example, like big dogs, if you look at their elbows, they get really rough, thick elbow calluses over time from mm-hmm. kind of that, that trauma that kind of thickens that skin. So that's what I'd compare kind of the lip folds to is they just, they, they have a lot of action that happens there. Okay. I realized the other day that Chloe can't wipe her own chin. Like there's no way for her to wipe her own chin. Like it's down here and like she can't, her tongue just doesn't go that way and she doesn't have hands. So like when she eats and she just gets, but that's probably why we also see like all like the mastiffs that come with their own bibs. Right, their owners are just wiping their face. <laughs> owners of dogs like that like automatically have a towel on yeah, hand. Right. You know, like they have a hand towel in their purse. They are right, ready. ready. Like St. Bernard's, Mastiffs, they are ready. I love the looks of them, but it would be tough to have a shoestring spit dog. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a commitment. Why are pit bulls in particular so allergic to stuff? Like there's other breeds with similarly short hair that can walk through grass without breaking out. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of genetics with allergies. Um, so sometimes it's hard when someone comes in and say they'll know like the mom and dad of a, a dog and they'll say, well, they didn't have allergies. Cause I'll tell them it's, it's genetic. Like there's really not a reason that their dog did it. Another do- dog didn't. It's just like any of us having allergies or having um, some form of disease. It's just predisposed in certain breeds. We definitely see it in bully breeds a lot. Um, I still see a fair amount of like labs. Uh, Westies get really bad allergies. German Shepherds get really bad allergies. So we do know that there are predispositions based on genetics. And so pit bulls and, you know, French bulldogs, and they all kind of get lumped in together with those really common allergic breeds. Huh. Okay. Are there any like top five stories of things that you've been involved in that if you were like, if it's time to, if you're, if your vet friends are, are throwing out their gross stories at dinner, then you'd be like, oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> probably a lot of them. There's lo- it, there's lots of cases that it depends on what your specialty is. If you are a specialist or what you're used to, because uh, I, I hit by a car can come in, like Lisa mentioned, and I'd be like, oh, but like I work at a multi-specialty hospital on uh, one day a week and their ER vets will always come bring something and be like, this is disgusting. So it'll be like a skin case that came in to see them. And I'll be like that, like that's, that's not nothing. Gross. Yeah. So I've had a couple of cool cases. I mean, I've definitely had some really um severe autoimmune diseases. Like I've had some coming to me as like the last opinion before they're about to, you know, 
make difficult decisions about like euthanasia, because if you think about skin disease, like the paw pads can be affected, the mucous membranes can be affected. I have one pemphigus dog um, I've been managing for years now that came in like limping, 105 fever, like very, um, you know, really bad, like super punky, barely moving. And now the dog's a totally normal dog. So there's really cool stories like that. I had a really bad um, burn dog when I was a resident that I worked with the surgeon and they did like skin flaps and all these crazy things. And the dog made a really cool recovery. But one thing about my page, I want to point out for Richie, it's more geared towards veterinarians. So like, you know, like Lisa's page is very, like really well, like (laughs) public information, but mine's super geared towards veterinarians. So I'm not surprised you think it's super gross. Yeah, no, I I, I get that. Uh, (laughs) Just like my disclaimer, like it's, it's more for veterinary education. I don't, I love that owners are on it and see it. But it's more geared towards that. So I don't hide the grossness. Yeah. No, it's obviously pretty inside baseball. But those <laughs> those brief stories definitely confirm to me that whether it be human or animal doctor, you don't want to be any doctor's cool story. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I always tell owners when they come in and they're like, this is so terrible. What I like to tell them, and so you mentioned before and after pictures. And this is why I love being a dermatologist because it's shocking. It's visual. So it's shocking when you can see those two things side by side and then remember, like there's usually months in between those pictures, but I love showing them because it shows the hope that pet owners can have for their cases. And whenever I have a bad case that comes in, I tell the owners when we come up with a treatment plan, I'm like, this is our before picture. Like this is our before picture. We're going to fight for the after picture just to show them like we can make dramatic differences by appropriately managing them. And, and by the way, pemphigus, by the we caught, so for anybody who doesn't know, pemphigus is an autoimmune disease where the body atta- decides to attack the skin cells that hold your skin together. Okay, back on gross derm stuff. Um, <laughs> do you ever see a bot fly up close? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've seen, like, we actually a lot of times... Um, general, general practitioners or, uh, ER vets will catch things like, you know, maggots and all that, but we've definitely seen some. Lisa has only told me briefly how horrible the bot flies are. It's, it really seems to be the one thing that grosses you out. They burrow, they make an actual little hole and burrow into the flesh. And like, they can be hard to see with like fur covering it. Right. So then you'll get all this like pus that will spill out of the wound. It gets infected. It's gross. And it can also cause like a pretty nasty allergic reaction, I think, right? If you, mm-hmm. if you don't take it out yep. properly. So, um, all, all it's scary. It's nasty. It can be bad. And just like, look, it's just, it's a huge worm that makes a bullet size hole Holy shit. in your yeah. like, neck or somewhere else. It's gross. And you can get multiple, you can have yeah. animals like multiple of them. Ugh. And yeah. like they lay eggs under you and they, and then they, the eggs grow. Is it one of those jobs? That is the egg. I think I think that's it, but I don't it just gets really infected and Ugh. nasty and you don't yeah. want it. It's bad. Uh okay, final question <laughs> that I've prepared for you. Uh have you ever fixed a dog's mange over Instagram DMs? Um, so I actually have a hard line about not consulting um because I don't have that veterinary client patient relationship over things like DMs. I have frequently been asked um, about <laughs> consulting on cases. I have treated a ton of mange very successfully, um, but you know we have to be carefully. I always tell uh, you know other people who ask about things online, like 
if I get my license away, I can't do my job anymore. So we can't just consult uh, on, I get lots of pictures, but I have to draw a hard line on that. Yeah. Well, Lisa knows where that question came from, that her Instagram has like a thousand unanswered messages. <laughs> and I, I like tapped to, to scroll through them the other day. And one of them was somebody sent them a, like sent her like a, a 900 word essay of like, can you fix my dog's mange? <laughs> By, by way of DM. <laughs> and by the way, I'm surprised you even accepted his answer of me. I mean, mange can be, there's also all different kinds of quote unquote mange, right? So there's scabies, there's demodex. Mm-hmm. So people will just refer to mange as like a general skin disorder, but they also don't even know what they're talking about. So I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I can't help you, but you would have to pay me for my time. I toe the line with telehealth, but this is where it's new and, you know, telehealth telemedicine, I should say, is really has not been legal in veterinary medicine. And Ash's license is far too special in order to take a risk with it. And she's far too busy with patients who go to the clinic and pay her. But maybe one day there will be there will be a great telehealth advice slash advice option for you where you can help people if you want to, if they pay. Who is that dog that is incessantly barking in the background? Yes, yeah, so that is, so I have one dog, my uh, sweet uh, pit lab boxer, we think mix, Josie. Um, we adopted her. We She's a pandemic puppy like so many people nice. got them, but we lost my heart dog last July, mm. the one that I had for 14 years. And I only lasted a few weeks without a dog. I just, I really couldn't take it. So oh. we adopted Josie and she's got bad allergies and she found the right home. <laughs> okay. So you got, you. you got yourself a fixer upper. Oh yeah. But I told her, it's like, cause she's, we think about one now. I'm like, if you can just get through only having skin disease, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like if you rupture your cruciate, I am not your girl. Yeah. So <laughs> Right. She won't do that. She won't do that and she'll live forever. Fingers crossed. Yeah. So do we want to get to like how Dr. Ashley got to be the way that she is? Like, did you, did you grow up and always want to be a veterinarian? Uh, so I, I was pretty young. I'd say, so I actually grew up an Air Force brat. And so we moved around a lot and we actually didn't have very many pets growing up just because we were moving a lot, but I always had an affinity for animals, probably like most people in the field. And I think it was like fifth grade that um, I always vividly remember because in fourth grade, half the year I wanted to be an archaeologist because I thought dinosaurs sounded really (laughs) cool. And then half the year I wanted to be an astronaut because I thought space camp sounded really cool. Yeah, space camp. And then- I don't know anybody. Yeah, that that would be good. No, I was so close to it. My dad would promise me every year we were going to space camp and we never did it. So yeah, but anyway. Yeah. Super cool. And then fifth grade is when we had, I think, like a career fair and a vet came to visit and it just like had never hit me because we didn't have a ton of pets growing up. I was like, oh, I could literally, like I always loved seeing dogs and cats and horses and like I could do that as a job. And then pretty much from there, I never looked back. Wow. Wow. I can't believe you remember that in fifth grade. I don't remember yesterday. So yeah. <laughs> First pet. Yeah. And then, and then, yeah. And then how did you, yep. So I had, a, I had a cat when I was really, really young that I hardly remember named Almo, which is kind of funny because they named it Almo because I loved Almo, what toddler doesn't. Mm-hmm. And now I have my two kids and they are obsessed with Almo. So we had Almo, uh, like a long haired gray tabby um, when I was really young And then we had a golden retriever, like when I was in second grade named Dakota that we only had for a couple of years because then we had to move and it, where we were moving, where we were going on base, it it didn't work out. So we actually ended up, um, a family friend took Dakota 
And then that was it. And then just my dog Darby that I adopted my first year of vet school that I had for 14 years. I, there's so many questions I want to ask you. I'm just trying to think about what's next. I'm trying to think if we should talk about Chloe's veg. I mean, there was- I don't think you can say the words Chloe's veg without <laughs> following up. Yeah, I think we're there. Oh, okay. <laughs> So Chloe has a very recessed vulva, which means she's got like all this redundant skin around it. And she's really not that clinical. Like she was, th- went through like a point in my internship where she was like licking a lot. So I brought her to um, dermatology and we did a tape cytology and it, it was just like covered in yeast, like covered. But I'm like, but she's not that clinical for it. So like I, you know, this was a point. And so the dermatologist was like, okay, well, if you can, you know, keep on like with like the Duxo wipes or, I mean, that's pretty mm-hmm. much what we do. We do every once in a while, I think it flares up. And I do, even though I should keep on the Duxo wipes every day, um, you know, I'm a do as I say, not a do as I do, but I do the Duxo wipes every so often. And then like if it really flares up a little like Animax or Momentumax ointment or something and then it, and then she's fine she doesn't lick at all um do you is this <clears throat> probably we should repeat a cytology at some point but I mean she's mostly not that clinical for it despite what the cytology look like is there anything else you think we should be doing for her batch <laughs> This is Vag Talk with Dr. Lisa and Dr. Ashley. <laughs> Thank you. We're talking vagus. Yeah, I like it. Or anything else you would recommend for anybody else with the dog with um, an itchy vag? <laughs> <laughs> well, in a perfect world, if you know it's because either, yeah. you know, of a recessed um, vulva or say like a hooded vulva, you'd go have a surgery, right? Like right. you can do plastic surgery. I don't like calling it that, but essentially what it is yeah. that you can remove some of that skin. So when I thought about that, except that she's not that clinical for it. So I was like, yeah. Exactly. No, I totally agree with with you. And it is a balance. So when I talk about doing cytologies, I don't treat them all the same right. because you can have like a mild infection and that pet is super sensitive to it and they're tearing themselves apart. And you can have ones like, like Chloe, right. where they have a lot of infection, but they're not that bothered by it. Yeah. So honestly, I would just be super diligent with topical right. therapy and do exactly what you're doing okay. because Great. it's, you know why it's there. Yeah. And if it's not worth going to surgery for, cause she's not that clinical for it, then right. really it's just hygiene. Yeah. And I really get in there. Like I have learned to pop yeah. out that vulva and just yeah. wipe I bet you around do. it. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's and then she like chases me around with the, <laughs> with the pad. <laughs> show you. Yeah. <laughs> I ben, like to look. show him what I get and out. And I'm eating. <laughs> I good, like to good. show him what I get Again, really if you're going to be yeah. with a vet, like yeah. it doesn't trigger in our mind that that's I, not right. Yeah. I just, I don't, the, actually all of this has not even registered to me. I forgot that I did that. Like, it's, not, yeah. it's just normal <laughs> to me. So, yeah. Well, uh, I'm adamant that if we do spend the money on some kind of plasty down there, right. we're also going to vajazzle. <laughs> you know? Yeah, if so she's she got to get that. knocked out, yeah, like, let's that. dress that thing yeah. up. I would love to see the pictures if you do that. <laughs> oh, it's going viral. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. I, it would definitely go viral. Yeah. yeah. Also need to thank Dr. Ashley because there was that time when both my parents were on ventilators and I tried oh, you remember that not time? to ask her all that term <laughs> questions. And then Chloe decided to get like a like a bleeding odd mass on her leg. And I was like, what is this? And um, 
it just went away. It just went away, but it was really bad time and you talked me through and I will be forever thankful. So thankful. Nobody else can do that though, by the way. You guys can't do that. <laughs> you will have to pay if she ever decides to do that. But anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> Well, you have my cell phone. So it's like, right. that's always kind of the tell, right? Yeah. Like if you have the cell phone number, then- that's more of an in than anyone that yeah. can like just ask I mean, you we're on friends. public social media. I like to ask you how you are also instead of just ask you about my dog's vag. It's, it's a yes, balance. Yes, like would I think it's crazy you contact <laughs> me otherwise or not? <laughs> it's, it's, it's a balance. Your page is, you're, you're, you're so helpful to vet students and to uh, anybody who wants to go into the profession or really learn more about dermatology. Is there anything you want pre-vet students or vet students or anybody to know when they go to your page or listen to your podcast? You have so much helpful information about building a brand, being a mom, being a mom veterinarian who's such a boss. You're super sweet. Um, you know, I think my big things talking to people who like want to go in the vet field is find your passion because there's so many things you can do. And especially right now when times are really hard for everybody and we know times are hard in the vet field, there's so many things you can do. There's so many things you can do that aren't clinical medicine. We have a really great community of people. So, it, and it's okay if you don't know what that is right away, like keep trying different things on for size. Like I don't expect everybody to love looking. I know Richie doesn't looking at <laughs> nasty pustules. Well, he and, tells dick jokes you know, for a living. So, you know, it's, yeah. we're good. <laughs> but you, there's so many things. But, you know, you talk about seeing a brain and I would be like, whoa. So like, that's like the really cool thing about yeah. veterinary medicine. There's so many different ways to do it. And I would actually flip that and say same thing with being a mom or a parent, I should say, there's lots of great, like, you know, dads in our field too. Um, there's no right one right or wrong way to do it. So like, you know, I flip my schedule around and I do a lot of other stuff besides what I do in the clinic. Cause I love that. But I had a friend who recently decided she needed to take some time off to just be a mom. And she plans on going back, you know, into clinical work when it fits for her. So there's just not one right way to do any of this. And I think that's true for everyone in life. Like there's so how many people would want to do electively by choice a veterinary dermatology podcast? Not very many. <laughs> They're dumb. <laughs> but I love it. Yeah. So it's just, it's totally what works for you. Yeah. And that, I think that's true for anything in our world, honestly. Yeah. 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 Amen. Sound advice. Okay. Um, Quiz, quizzy time. Yes. Uh, okay. Our listeners have come to expect and know that there is a Cosmo style personality test coming. Um, <laughs> it, it can be... It can be for Josie, or it could be for your uh, your your so called heart dog, also um, whichever okay. whichever way. I think that, for Josie. Okay, personality test. You're going to rank these uh, on a scale from one to ten. Uh, we're going to start off with uh, on the Kinsey scale, one being the gayest, ten being the straightest. Where does Josie fall? Oh. That's a really good question. Thank you. <laughs> it's an interesting one. Um, you know, honestly, since she is a COVID puppy, I only know her from what experience she has, you know, with who she's seen. Like, it's not as social. We do go to the dog park sometimes, but I'd probably say she she leans towards um, gay. She, her best friend, our next door neighbors have a... Um, we got puppies. We lost dogs and got puppies, uh, you know, not far from each other. So her best friend, they play like four or five days in the backyards together and they're just a dynamic duo. So if I had to choose, I mean, that's the only 
deep personal relationship I know of her with another dog. So we'll go with that. It's it's the Kinsey scale, but we do need a number, right? What is oh, it? Oh, what's it out of? Keep honest. One's being? Uh, one being the gayest, 10 being the straightest. I mean, four. Okay. Yeah. We're very proud of our gay dog. We're sure. Yeah. She is, and we're very, we're proud. very proud. Yeah, very we're proud. very proud. Okay. How about her savagery? I'd say like seven. She's crazy. Does she go gangsta on shit? Oh, yeah. She totally can. Like what's nice about her, and I think this can be true for why I love pit mixes and pits in general. Um, you know, she's she'll she won't like she she's great with our kids. Like they can be on her and crawl on her and she's wonderful. But you know, if it's something she really wants, say like she steals one of their toys or whatever, she is shaking it. She is excited. She is hopping around. She is uh, prancing with it. So I think it's pretty high up there in that regard. Right on. I like a dog that scares the people that you want to be scared of a dog. Yeah. Like if someone comes to our house, they will, and they knock our door, yeah. ring a doorbell. They know right. we have a dog. They right. get that big For girl. Sure. Yeah. That's, that's, we call it Chloe's big girl bark. Yeah. Okay. We know her savagery. How about her street smarts? Ooh, well, she was the dog of the streets. Mm-hmm. However, three, <laughs> oh, she wasn't having an easy time of it out there. I like, I think she's like a dog of the streets, but yeah, like she can be a pretty submissive. She's kind of got a one track mind. Like if she gets out of our house, like I said, her best friend lives next door. So if she does get out. The great thing is she's not a bolter. My previous dog was, but she'll literally just one track, like right to their gate. Okay. Um. So like, she's the sweetest thing. She snuggles like none other, but I don't know that she, I mean, she would just, if she got out and was on the street, she'd just like find the nearest human that would take her in. Well, I've been waiting to ask this question the whole time. Yeah. Oh. How bougie is bourgeois? How bougie is your bourgeois <laughs> dog? We asked it 75 yeah. times and finally <laughs> yeah. the circle completes True. with an actual bourgeois dog. Yeah. <laughs> and so like quick funny story with that is she is like actually our first bourgeois dog because my previous dog, Darby, um, when I married my husband, um, I told him like I was, I, I my maiden name was Stitch and so I, I switched in like my middle name now. Stitch is yeah, that a fucking is pretty cool. Rad that is a cool name, dude. Name. I know. <laughs> so all my friends were like, "Why'd you change it?" I'm like, and I was just like, "Well, you know, we want to have kids. Yeah. I, it, everyone's choice, right?" But yeah. I just wanted kind of one name. Uh-huh. And um, but I always told my husband like we would joke about Darby, and her full name is Darby Street Stitch. Darby would have been way higher on the street smart scale. She was also like found on the streets and she was definitely, so I, I kept, that was her name. And when I got married, I told my husband, she'll always be Darby stitch. So then when we adopted Josie, I finally gave in and he got, she got to be Josie bourgeois. Um, she is not bougie at all. Like <laughs> to, she's not, She's definitely like just kind of the, she's probably like me, just like the casual, sporty, you know, pretty chill Mm -hmm. dog. So the name really does not suit us at all. (laughs) But one thing when you're asking about my name, I was going to tell you, it was kind of funny as I once had a client that accidentally asked me if it was Dr. Boudoir. (laughs) And I was like, no. <laughs> and how do you approach that with a client? You know, you're just like, it's not like your friend would be like, oh yeah, boudoir. But she's like, boudoir? And it's like, oh no, it's bourgeois. Like the bourgeoisie. Funny. <laughs> no, That's, the, no. The new money, French thing. No. No. <laughs> Rising middle class. That's no. funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, now that I know it's Stitch, I really wish that Darby's middle name was Snitch. 
<laughs> oh, stitches yeah. Stitches and stitches. That is <laughs> sweet. Uh, <laughs> okay. So we have uh, we have completed that yes. test. We thank you for that. Yes. Uh, I got to ask the, the bougie of, of the bougie. Yeah. Uh, we have now, you've been. But turns out she's not. You know? yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, that's true. When you like, what's name in a name? So, okay, we have moved on now. Um, it's time to acknowledge that you've been an absolutely wonderful guest, <laughs> and there's only one thing left to do, and that is to determine if you, Doctor Ashley Bourgeois, aka the Derm Vet, mm-hmm. deserve docs. You know what it is? It's time for a quiz about dogs and shit. Doctor Ashley. This week, New Country 99.1, Northern Colorado's favorite place for all their New Country hits, had a contest called My Dog Rocks, and it was about their best vet visit. One dog named Pickles was taken to the doggy hospital because she suddenly looked pregnant, was lethargic, and wouldn't eat. When the vet made her puke, they discovered what? Big MacFillet, a fish, a quarter pounder with some cheese. Or 20 pieces of chicken nuggies and two large fries. Whatever Arby's called their big sandwich. Or a full dinner from BK, bag and all. I mean, I think any of those would probably be reasonable. Because I have toddlers and I make chicken nuggets all the time for them. I'm going to go with B, chicken nuggets. That is correct. Yes. That Uh, is correct. I Uh, love chicken nuggets. And that would have been the one I would have gone downhill for too, like of those options. But- (laughs) But also think of this weirdness that they discovered the dog in the morning. So these animals left, they got Mickey D's and left it out and they went to bed and the corgi puppy pickles taught those fools a lesson. (laughs) But also a corgi puppy was able to get to it. So it was like on the floor. Probably. I hate these people. Or like a coffee table. A corgi puppy? It's like, unless there's a cat in the house, know. cats will cats always yes. try to kill them. Right, they'll just knock things off the counter, and then Ooh, the dog gets it. Could so. have been teamwork. Cats okay. are dangerous. Maybe yeah. I've, maybe I've misjudged these people. <laughs> and going back to how Josie is not bougie or you know proper at all, she's better now. We've trained her, but we have like three times caught her just standing on our kitchen island, like just standing <laughs> there, all four paws. Funny. Can she get down? Yeah. Then she would like. So that's how we kind of found out what she was doing because then she'd hop down as soon as she. And she she, you know, she'd do the, oh crap, like as soon as she, you'd see her, cause uh-huh. she'd go fishing for food up there and then she'd be like, Whoa! and then she'd like just jump down right away. So you could only, you could never get a picture of it. Cause as soon as she saw you, she was gone. <laughs> right. When you <laughs> want her to stay still. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Uh, okay. Question two in that same contest from 99.1 new country, a poor girl named Rio was taken to the vet because she had what can only be described as eyes that looked like horribly infected assholes. Just <laughs> oh, horrendous. Uh, it was because she had a severe allergic reaction to what? Getting stung by a wasp, non-organic and gluten-filled dog food, <laughs> mom's perfume, or crack cocaine. The... There's a lot of things I would like to answer and hope that they're true, (laughs) Mm -hmm. but I'm going to go with my medical degree and just knowing insect hypersensitivities because I see those sometimes in my field. I'm going to guess it was the wasp, but it would have been really awesome if it was one of the, like mom's perfume, but I'm going to guess it was the wasp. Okay. So you on board, you are going on record as a boarded veterinary dermatologist agreeing that a side effect of a wasp sting can be asshole eyes for dogs. 
looks. Uh, that is correct. You are correct. That is exactly what it looked like. It was horrendous. Uh, okay. Final question. You're playing with house money here, doctor. Question number three. Our final dog, Zoe, she was taken to the hospital because at 6 p.m. she got into something. At 3 a.m. she was bouncing off the walls, having a good time. By 7 a.m., she could barely walk and was falling around like a drunken sailor. What did she get into? All the catnip? All the bull penises that Lisa keeps in the drawer? <laughs> Grandpop's heroin? Or rising bread dough? Uh, dough? That is correct! Yay! Yes. Uh, <laughs> All the other ones didn't seem like you would have such a roller coaster ride. Heroin, yeah. maybe. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, don't, I think that, that would have been hard for me. I think that hits Heroine. you kind of right away. That's the oh. whole thing. Oh, got it. Right, right. away. Heroine. It's There's no time released heroin right. that Thanks I know for, of, thanks, dear. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she had to get her stomach pump and she got IV fluids and was back in good shape in no time. But apparently, rising bread is technically fermenting and yes. can get a dog hammered. That's right. So, folks, go to New Country 99.1 and vote which dog you think deserves to get cloned. <laughs> well, you you pointed out a really good, that's a very good, important point of history taking. If I had listened to my history and, you know, figured that it was six hours later, I would have known heroin, although I don't know that much about heroin, but that makes perfect uh, sense. We're going to so. teach you, darling. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, so it turns out yeah. you, you deserve, deserve dogs! dogs. Yay! Josie doesn't have to go back. No, you get to keep her. Thank you so much, and where can people find you? Oh, so I have a, a CE education I do for veterinarians, but there is some stuff for um, P, uh, pet owners too um, at the Derm Vet. So everything goes under the Derm Vet. I don't have enough brain space between being a working mom with two kids to be creative. So the Derm Vet on Facebook, Instagram, website, and then I have a Derm Vet podcast that just goes over education about dermatologic disease for veterinarians so that we can provide better care for itchy pets. Great. Well, thank you so much. It was great to meet you and great uh, Zoom hanging out. Yeah, always. did it. Yeah. Okay, Okay, thank Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to We Don't Deserve Dogs. I'm Richie Redding. And I'm Dr. Lisa Lippman. Yeah. And you can find both of us at our respective handles, those exact names, at Richie Redding, at Dr. Lisa Lippman. And uh, I just want to give special thanks to our editor, of course, who is Jordan Aaron, and our executive producer, King Joffrey himself, Jeff Umbro, of The Podglomerate. And you can find more of their shows at thepodglomerate.com. Some of the music in this episode comes from Breakmaster Cylinder. Make sure to check out the sponsors you heard in this episode because that really helps provide the show to you free of charge. Let them know we sent you. It also really helps people to find the show if you rate and review on Apple Podcasts or share an episode on socials. Tag us at We Don't Deserve Dogs and let us know what you thought. We'll see you next week when we return with another episode of We Don't Deserve Dogs. All content provided on We Don't Deserve Dogs is for informational purposes and entertainment value only. None of the content on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to constitute third-party veterinary advice or any other third-party professional advice. The content We Don't Deserve Dogs distributes or transmits should not be considered as a substitute for any type of professional veterinary advice. Nothing on We Don't Deserve Dogs is intended to be used as a veterinarian's diagnosis, veterinary treatment, or any other veterinary service and should not be relied on to affect the medical therapy of any pet.
that. Nothing transmitted to or from We Don't Deserve Dogs can replicate a true doctor-patient relationship between yourself and a veterinarian. Your dependence on the content of any information found on or transmitted by We Don't Deserve Dogs is at your own risk. For veterinary care and advice, please see your veterinarian. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.